0: Isn't God awesome? So tonight I want to continue our series. The month of September is September, isn't it? Yeah. Just, it's blowing me away where this year has gone. I just cannot believe it. You know, we're going to be in 2013 before you know it. Someone was telling me today, it's only like 10 weeks till Christmas pretty much. I mean, it's crazy when you start thinking about it like that. And unbelievable. No. 14 weeks till Christmas, isn't it? Somewhere somewhere in there, so time to get ready to do your Christmas shopping. Went into Kmart, don't have many Kmarts, but in Gonzales we have one. They were putting up Christmas trees the other day. I was singing carols to the ladies putting up the Christmas trees and said to them, Merry Christmas. And they said, You were the first one to wish us a Merry Christmas. So, but I mean, I couldn't believe it. But you know, this whole month we're dealing with relationships. We're talking about being connected to the right people, not just relationships in the the, the realm of dating and male and female and, and man and wife and boyfriend and girlfriend. Those relationships are important. But we're talking about relationships and about how important it is for us to be connected to the right people, just to be connected to the right people every day of our lives. Why? Because right people equals right places. So if we want to go to the right places, here's the slogan that we've coined over this month, and that is this, if I'm not connected to the right things, I'll never make it to the right places. Let me say that one more time, because I know you're all taking your notepads out, and you're taking notes in church, because you need to be doing that, okay? If I'm not connected to the right things, I will never make it to the right places. I was reading a book today, and I read this statement. And I love this statement and I want to give it to you tonight and I just 100% agree with it. Listen to this, one of God's primary purposes for your life is proper placement. One of God's primary purposes for your life is to properly place you. That your life would be right where you need to be, that you would function in your unction, that you would be right there, that you would be in the right place. And I agree with that because I know many times in my life when I've been in the wrong place, I did the wrong things, I got involved with the wrong people and I know what you're thinking, I'm an angel and never did anything wrong, you're half right. I wasn't that bad, I wasn't as bad as Daniel, but almost. But you know what, it it was fine if I stayed around the right people in the right places, I didn't have trouble. I didn't get in trouble in church. Well, sometimes, but that was good trouble, if you want to put it that way. But I got in trouble when I was anywhere other than that. So when I was in the right places around the right people, I was good. And I pray this over my life. I would love to say daily, but almost daily, I pray this over my life. And this is what I pray. God, lead me today. Lead me to the right people. Lead me to the right places. God, I pray today that you would take control of my life. I ask God to bring people across my pathway every day, that I would meet people, that I would impact people, that I would change a life. Why? Because I've been sent to this earth to make a difference in someone else's world. And I want my world to collide with them. Because when my world's colliding with them, God is colliding with their world. Why? Because God is my world. And, and I've got to pray that every day. So therefore, if I'm praying that, how many knows I've got to follow that? Amen. Because I've got to then be in the right places. I've got to listen to the voice of God. I've got to listen to His leading. I've got to listen to His guidance. And I've got to realize that just like God's primary purpose is to have me in the right place, Satan's primary purpose is to put me in the wrong place. Yeah. And I've got to be wise to that. The Bible says we cannot be ignorant of the devices. We can't bury our heads in the sand and say that's not going to happen. I'm a child of God. I love God. When you're a child of God, you're a threat to Satan. And if you're a threat to Satan, he's going to come after you to try and get you into a wrong place. To try and take you out of where God wants you to be. And that's why we've been talking about in relationships having proper boundaries putting boundaries around in you, protecting yourself, not giving everyone equal access. Remember, I can love everyone unconditionally, but that doesn't mean I give unrestricted access to everyone. Just setting boundaries. We talked about that last week. There's relationships, three degrees of relationships. There's relationships that are walking, there's relationships that are standing, and there's relationships are sitting. Each one of those defined require greater boundaries. Walking doesn't require much boundaries, but when I'm standing requires more, and sitting, a place of intimacy, requires defined boundary. But you know what happens in life, unfortunately? Too many people try to find the extremes. So instead of, you know, through hurt and through rejection in relationships, what people tend to do today, instead of setting up boundaries, they set up barriers and they completely isolate themselves. You know, nowhere in God's word does it say we should isolate ourselves, but it says we should separate ourselves. Separation and isolation are two very different things. Separation means you step out of, but you know what? You put a boundary around you. Isolation is that you shut yourself completely away from everyone. So what I've seen around me today is through hurt and abuse and and past marriages even and just different things that people have gone through, they tend to just shut themselves down. When someone gets too close, they just shut themselves down and don't let anyone in. And that's a wall of protection that they've put around themselves. But you know what? That wall of protection can also be viewed as a prison. That you can lock yourself in and you can be in a prison. And we've got to be very careful that we don't shut ourselves down so much that we can't touch people, that we can't reach people. Because my life is called to fulfill a purpose. And that purpose is to touch other people. So God didn't just save me to save me, but God saved me to be a light in darkness that my life and your life can touch other people. So therefore, being in the right places at the right time is important in discovering God's will for my life, God's purpose for my life. In Genesis chapter 1, you read, and you don't have to turn there, but Genesis chapter 1, you read that God created the world. He created stuff, trees, vegetation, separated light from darkness. God created all these things, but then also in Genesis 1, we read that God created Adam. But then if you would read in Genesis chapter 2, God took Adam out of a place of creation and he placed him in a specific garden. What did God do? God did one of two things. Number one, God shows that he's not going to leave us where he finds us. And secondly, that God has a proper placement or purpose. The world was created and man was created, but then God specifically placed man In the garden. God has a proper placement for you. He doesn't leave us where we're at. Salvation. He changes us. He places us in the right place placement and the right position. And this is further seen in 1 Corinthians 12 verse 18. The scripture says, God has set the members. He talks about the body here and each member. And he's talking about each part of the body, a figurative thing, that each member is important. But God says, God has set the members, each one of them in the body, just as he pleases. What does that mean? That means that God has a place for you. It's a place that He's designed. It's a place that's pleasing to Him as He pleases. God has a purpose, a place for your life. That's why we're talking about relationships, right relationships that will keep me in that right place. Because that proper place is important. That's why we must be in our proper place so God can position us in His proper place. Because when I'm not where I need to be, guess what? I miss out on where God wants to take me in my life. And I've got to make sure every day that my life is repentant before God. That my life is clean and pure before God. For what reason? I want God to place my life in the proper place. Every day that I would be pleasing to Him. I want to give you, quickly if I could today, seven keys. Seven key ways that will show you how proper placement will affect your life. If you don't believe me tonight, I hope by the end of it, the importance of placing your life, being in the proper place. Okay? The proper place. Seven key ways that the proper placement will affect and change your life. Point number one. When you're in the proper place, it releases supernatural provision over your life. Number one, when you're in the proper place, supernatural provision is released into your life. Let me say that one more time. I want you to write it down. I want you to grab these. When you're in the proper place, supernatural provision is released into your life. Everyone should be saying an amen there because you know what I'm talking about if you've been in that proper place. That means God provides for your life in ways that go beyond the natural ways. That you have to throw your hands in the air and say, only God." Come on, when you're in the proper place, Tamara can testify from this, going through a fire, losing everything for her business. But because she was in the proper place, people gave, people gave, people gave. And now she has supernaturally been blessed in her business and has more now than she ever had before. And she has that through loss. Why? When you're in the proper place, God will supernaturally provide for your life. Blessings are released into your life. Everyone else can be losing their job. You can be get promotion when you're in God's proper place for your life. Do I hear an amen? amen? Come on, you've got to work with me tonight. In the book of 1 Kings chapter 17 and verse 3 and 4, we read these words. Get away from here. This is God's instruction to Elijah. Get away from here and turn eastward and hide by the brook Cherith, which flows into the Jordan. Verse 14 and it will be that you shall drink from the brook, and I have commanded the ravens to feed you there. That's a pretty amazing provision right there. That in a time of famine, if you would read the story, there's a time of famine, it hasn't rained, there's a want, there's a need, and God says to Elijah, you don't have to worry about it, because if you get to the proper place, I'm telling you right now, Kelly and I, what, two, three years ago, when recession hit this nation, Kelly and I refused to be a part of recession. We claimed the the provision and the blessings of God upon our home, upon everything that we have. Why? Because when we're in the right place, guess what? Supernatural provision. You've got to get this into your spirit tonight. Because when we're in the right place, God will provide. God sent ravens to give him meat every day. They would drop it right at his feet. He had the river for drink and he had meat that came down to him every day. But notice Elijah was given clear instruction by God of where he was to go and what he was to do. And catch this. God told Elijah if he moved to the right place, supernatural provision would show up. If Elijah hadn't have showed up at that brook, the ravens would have never came. Well, God lied. No, God didn't lie. Elijah wasn't there. If we're at the place we're supposed to be, there's supernatural provision. If you don't believe me, look in the book of, uh, or look in the Old Testament that God was able to feed what about six million people in a wilderness for forty years. I mean, that's supernatural provision. Every day there was bread and he fed them meat. I mean, every day they didn't go. And even in Matthew, it talks about the rock that followed them, that water followed them wherever they went, that God fed those people. He watered those people in the middle of a wilderness. That's supernatural provision. But think about that. They were in disobedience and God still provided. Just think what can happen when we're in obedience to God and we're living according to his word. Listen to this. Divine supply follows divine placement. It may not always be where you want to be. God, why could you not send me somewhere else? I'm sure Elijah probably questioned God. doesn't say, but he probably did because we do. Hello? We do. It may not always be where we want to be, but could it be right where God wants us to be? I've heard people all the time, Pastor Philip, I hate my job, everyone's unsaved, it's just miserable going in there. I wish God would give me a place where I worked with other Christians and then what? You could just rejoice and sing hymns all day and what purpose would that be? You would just be so full and so stuffed and you would be obese Christian. God placed you in that place perhaps to be a light in darkness. may not be where you want to be, but when you're where God wants to be, there's divine supernatural provision that God is able to give into your life. All was going good with Elijah. He was loving it. Water, meat, water, meat. Every day, he didn't go hungry, but one day the Bible tells us the brook dried up and the ravens stopped coming. What now? Why would God do that? I mean, God could have kept that river running and he could have kept the ravens coming. I'm telling you why God does that and why he sometimes has to do that in our lives to remind us of our source. To remind us of our source why? Because if we don't watch, we can fall in love with the methods and forget that God is our source. We can forget God. We talked about that Sunday. We've got to be plugged into to the source. And if we don't watch, we can take for granted where we're at. Sometimes God stirs our nest a little bit. We're going to talk about that in a little bit. But sometimes God stirs it for what reason? To remind us who's in control and who needs to be our source and where we're plugged in. But there's supernatural blessing that comes. But then God leads him to another place. God says, go to Zarephath, and there I have commanded a widow to feed you. And it wasn't really looking good for the widow when Elijah showed up. She had nothing. She was baking a cake or getting ready to bake a cake, collecting some sticks, so she could light a fire to bake a cake because her son and her were going to eat and die. What a confession to make. We're just going to eat and die. Too many people have that confession. So Elijah must have been thinking, hold on God, the brook dried up, the raven stopped, you sent me here, now this lady's got something... What's going on? But what does Elijah do? He speaks the word of God. He has faith in the situation. He doesn't give up like so many times we do. He speaks the word of God and he says, God has told you to provide for me. Here's what you need to do you need to bake me a cake first, and then you can bake one for yourself. And as she did that, in obedience, supernatural provision, come on, showed up once again. Supernatural provision showed up. Sometimes the places God sends you, won't appear to be, at first, a place of blessing. But because it was the right place, not only did God supernaturally provide once again for Elijah, but he also provided for that widow and her son and her family. In the right place, God will supernaturally provide for you. But I've got to tell you this, that doesn't mean then you do nothing doesn't mean that you just sit back and pray and say, come on, God, God, you know what? God works with you too. God works with your abilities. If God's given you abilities. You need to be using those and let God supernaturally bless back in because the Bible talks lots about a lazy man, those who won't work, those who won't do this. And God does not put his favor and blessing upon that. But when we're working, when we're doing, when we're doing everything we should, guess what? God's supernatural provision will be upon us. Is that cool? Point number two. If I'm in the right place, guess what else happens? There's protection. The right place provides protection for me. Remember when we're talking about being in the wrong place, we're talking about anywhere where your Christian walk can be compromised. That's the wrong place. Okay, Anywhere that's affecting your testimony, anywhere that could cause you to stumble and affects your witness, that's the wrong place. So when you stay out of those places, guess what? You'll protect your life. You'll protect your integrity. You'll protect your witness. You'll protect your name. I remember a young girl came in my office when I was teaching at high school and I was the campus pastor and youth pastor. And this girl came to me and she's crying and she says, Pastor P, all these kids are accusing me of doing drugs. I was like, Wow, that's crazy. Why would they do that? I just don't know. And she's crying, she's so distraught. So I said, Well, who are you hanging around with? And she started telling me. I said, Well, what do they do? She says, Well, they do drugs. I said, well, where are you going? And I'm going to these places where they're doing drugs. So I looked at and I said, are you an idiot? No wonder people are accusing you. If you're hanging out with people who are doing drugs and you're going to the place where they're doing drugs, automatically they're just going to assume that you're doing drugs with them. You see, there's protection for my life when I'm in the right place. Why? Because I am shielding my life from those things. As a parent, we try so hard to put our children in the right place to protect them, in the right friends, in the right environment. Not only to place them in the right place, but to teach them about it. So when we're not there, hopefully they'll make the same choices. Come on, there's protection that comes when we're in the right place. We read on Sunday how God would come down in the cool of the day and He would walk with Adam and Eve in the garden. And when Adam and Eve were walking with God in the garden, Satan didn't show up. It was when God had gone that Satan showed up. That's why we've got to be so careful that we don't live outside of the presence of God because the moment we do, we open the door for Satan to show up and start to put questions and doubts in our minds. When Adam and Eve were out of God's presence, Satan showed up. There's protection in his presence. Hello? That's why I preach constantly about the importance of being in church. There's safety being in church. It's a right environment for you, for your family. It won't save you from everything, but it sure helps keep you protected and keeps you in the right place. Listen, I can't fall over the edge if I'm nowhere close. I can't fall over the edge if I'm nowhere close. If I'm in the right place, even if I fall, there's protection for my life. But if I'm in the wrong place and I fall, I'm in trouble. I'm in trouble. Are you with me? You heard the story about the... Rich man who was trying to hire a driver, he lived right up on the side of a mountain, a beautiful chateau, right on the side of a mountain, to get up to the house, a winding road that went right up the side of the mountain. On the edge, it was just a sheer drop. He was interviewing people. He had three people for the job and he said to each one, he says, how close could you get to the edge without going over? One guy says, man, that's easy. I could get you two feet from the edge. Second interviewer said, two feet from the edge, I could get you within six inches of the edge. And the last man, he looked at him and said, six inches? He said, I could get you so half your tire was off the road and still keep you on the road. I wonder which one got the job. It's the one who will keep me the furthest away from the edge. It's the one I want to drive me up to my house. But Isn't it the same with us? How close can we get? How close we can get? Instead of saying how far away can I be? Number three, proper placement demands the death of pride. There's a lot of things today. Pride comes in play in many more ways than we realize in our lives on a daily basis. I've got to say that one more time. Pride comes into play many more ways in our lives in a daily basis than we really realize. But you know what pride really is? Can I give you a definition of what pride really is? Four words. Wanting it your way. Really, that's what pride is, that you want it your way. That you think you know what's best for your life and you want that and you're going to go after that and you won't allow anyone else to tell you anything different. How many times has our way removed us from the proper place in God? What happens is this. Pride says what we think instead of what he knows. So we go for what we think instead of what God knows. Proverbs fourteen twelve. You know we're going to quote this scripture when it comes to pride, but the Bible says there is a way that seems right to man. That's pride. I know the way. Frank Sinatra, I did it my way. But there is a way that seems right to man. Was that Frank Sinatra? Who was that? Yeah. Was See, all the old people knew. The young yeah. ones didn't. No disrespect, Miss Debbie, but there you go. But its end is the way of death. Pride will take me to damnation. Pride is not God's way. Because God's way is not death. We read in John 10, 10, I have come that you may have life. So we know God's way is life. Pride's way is death. Pride can be one of our main obstacles, blocking us from moving into the right place. We ask ourselves many times, I wonder what others will think. How will I look? We concern ourselves with pride instead of saying, you know what? It doesn't matter what other people think. To get to the right place has to be the most important thing in my life. We just talked about Elijah going to the widow in Zarephath. What if Elijah would have said, God, I'm not going to go there. I mean, that's all you've got for me. I desire more than that. What if he had said, God, I'm a mighty man of God. I just killed 400 prophets and 450. I just killed 850 prophets. We just had a showdown on Mount Carmel. And you want me to go to a little widow's house and you want her to provide? Come on, is that the best you can do? I wonder what would have happened to Elijah if he had allowed pride to reign in his life. I'm telling you what would have happened. Number one, he would have died. And number two, the widow and her family would have died too. What happens? Pride will not only harm you, But pride will hurt other people around you too. If you think you're only hurting yourself with your pride, watch out because pride hurts other people too. But if I'm in the right place, guess what happens? My pride has to die. Because I've got to be willing to go when God says go. I've got to be willing to do things that are perhaps against what I feel and what I want. But I've got to trust God. I've got to kill that pride. Because God can't work with pride, but he can work with a broken and contrite, yielded spirit. Amen? got seven minutes. Number four, proper placement. Here's one that we could have skipped over, but we can't. But proper placement is often preceded by a season of pain. Proper placement is often preceded by a season of pain. Great story of an eagle that builds its nest so high up and has a beautiful nest. But when it's time for its little eaglets to get out, what the eagle would do is the eagle would begin to rip away all the lining of the nest, all the fur and the comfort and everything it's put inside of there. And it will begin to rip away all the lining of the nest, exposing the prickly sticks and the discomfort of it all. And why? The reason it does this is because it is trying to get its baby out of the nest. If the baby doesn't get the message, an eagle will literally knock its baby out of the nest. It will spin head over heels or head over tail all the way down until it almost hits the floor. And then the mother will swoop down and pick it up and take it back. And phew, I'm feeling good. And then boot out the nest again and going down. But why would that happen? Why? Because sometimes there has to be times of pain to get us out of the nest to make us realize that we're destined to fly. An eagle was not born to live in a nest. You are not born to live in a nest. You are not born just to be in a comfortable pew and for life just to be because you know what? If you live like that, you're going to be a spiritual baby. Sometimes you've got to be kicked out of that nest. Sometimes God has to place rocks in your nest to make you uncomfortable, that you'll do something about it. You were created to fly, you were created to soar, but until your misery factor exceeds your fear factor, you'll never change. Until your misery factor exceeds your fear factor, you're never going to change. You're going to stay in that nest. I'm telling you right now, the greatest placements in my life have come by way of my greatest... What? discomforts. The greatest placements that I've had, even this church, being here, came out of a place of great discomfort, what I had to go through. And there's been many things in my life that the greatest placements of my life came through my greatest discomforts. You see, what I see is all I see, but God sees further. And we've got to sometimes go through a stretching time. We've talked about this many times, but a rubber band does not fulfill its potential until it's stretched. And Sometimes in order for the right placement, we have to go by way of a time of pain and a time of discomfort. Why? Because God wants to stretch us, to develop us and to grow us. Number five, proper placement. Love this one. Proper placement releases His glory. When I'm in the right place, God is seen by others. Look what it says in Matthew 5, beginning with verse 13. It says this, You are the salt of the earth, but if you lose its flavor or if salt loses its flavor, how can it be seasoned? It is good for nothing but to be thrown out and trampled under feet by men. Verse 14, you are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hid, nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket. That's not your placement. But you put it on a lampstand, and it will give light to all who are in the house. The Bible says, "Let your light so shine before men that may see your good works, and guess what? And they will glorify your Father in heaven. When I'm in the right place, God gets all the glory. When I'm in the right place, people are going to see the life I'm living, the things I'm doing, and they're going to look and say, "What's up with you? Because I know who you are." What's happened to you? Because I know your story. There's no way you're capable of doing this or doing that. And what happens? Only Jesus. Only Jesus. Only Jesus. What happens when I'm in the right place? God gets the glory. And the Bible tells us that God doesn't share His glory with no man. And my role and my function on this earth is to be in the right place. For what reason? That people would be seen or God would be seen by people. That He would get the glory. Come on, it's not about me, but it's about God. The right place gives Him the glory. The right place means that He is seen. Number six, the right placement prevents exposure to sin and temptation. We're going to all face temptations and the opportunity to sin every day. But it's a whole other story when we're not in the position or in the right position. It's a different story when we're in the place where we can fall into those temptations. Come on, right stuff, is the right, right stuff is in the right places. Wrong stuff is in the wrong places. Now, to stay away from stuff is not my complete defense. Because I can still make the wrong choices in the right places. But you know what? It's a good defense against sin. Back to the garden. When Adam and Eve sinned, they heard God and they hid themselves. But what did God say to them? Genesis 3 verse 9. Then the Lord God called to Adam and said to him, Listen to this, where are you? What had happened? Adam wasn't where he was supposed to be. Because he wasn't where he was supposed to be, he fell into the trap of sin. When we're in the right place, we can still fall victim to it. But it's a whole lot harder to sin when you're not in sin. And you're around sin. Adam's sin drove him out of the proper place that he should have been occupied. Haven't got time tonight, but the Bible says in two parts of the Word of God, it says that God caused a distressing spirit to come upon Saul. The Bible says in another passage of Scripture that, what? that, that, as, um, that when Jonah went, that God caused... A storm to come. If you had researched that and realized that, it wasn't that God caused a distressing spirit. It wasn't that God caused a strong storm to come. But what happened? When Jonah and Saul stepped out of the protection of God, that was what was waiting for their lives. When we step out of the protection of God, we're opening ourselves up to the exposures of sin and temptation. Let me tell you something right now. No one is ever going to fall victim to sin when they're in the right place. But what happens, backsliding is slack abiding. That you begin to pull back and you begin to let your light kind of go a little bit cooler and your life is not where you need to be. Everything in your life revolves around your spiritual thermometer. If you're hot with God, guess what? Sin is just going to roll off you. It's not going to phase you. But when you begin to grow cold and your relationship is not where it needs to be, you're exposing yourself to sin in a greater degree. Do I hear an amen? amen? And remember this, I can't fall off the edge. If I'm not close. And last but not least, I've got no minutes left. Proper placement can help me avoid future problems. Proper placement makes all the difference between a life of blessing and a life of sorrow. The seeds I sow will determine my harvest. Or as I said the other day, today you are building a house that you will have to live in. Today you are building a house that you will have to live in. So if I'm in the right place, guess what? It's going to help me avoid future problems. If I'm in the right place, doesn't mean I won't have problems. There's still going to be some struggles. But the struggles that get through to me, listen to this, the struggles that get through to me in the right place are things that are meant to help me, to develop me and to build me. But when I'm outside the right place and those things that come, they come to destroy me. Why? Because when I'm in the right place, picture this, a circle. Can you picture a circle right now? And in the middle of that circle is a dot and that's you. You know what that circle is? God. When you're in the right place, everything buffets and tries to get in to try and attack you from the outside. But when something gets through, if you're in the right place, it has to get through God. So God allows it for what reason? To build your life, never to destroy your life, to make you better and to make you a better person. Being in the proper place first involves the proper relationship, vertical. But then what else? It's proper connections, horizontal, with others around. Because if I don't have this, then I'm not going to have this. But when I have this, I need to still set boundaries on this. Why? Because I've got to place my life in the proper place. How many received that tonight?
1: Awesome.
0: You you awesome
1: awesome we would like to thank you for listening to this message today we pray that your life has been challenged by what you've heard but we also know it will be changed as you put god's word into effect at heart family life church our doors are always open to help if you need any more information or just a friend to listen we are here. Call us at 225-274-1607 or email us at at pastorp.hflc.us. Remember, put God first in your life and everything you do will prosper. We look forward to seeing you soon. God bless.